0: Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 85 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a review of the Fresenius Medical FCPA settlement. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Before we get started, two points. First, please subscribe to our podcast and rate the podcast to help let other compliance professionals know about the podcast. Second, I wanted to mention that my law firm, the Volkoff Law Group, provides ethics and compliance program services including compliance program design and implementation, third-party risk management, assessments and audits and integration planning uh, for newly acquired businesses. We have extensive experience in this area and are frequently retained for our reputation in providing practical, targeted solutions that advance compliance needs, promote an ethical culture and support business operations. If interested in our services, please contact me at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. So let's uh, turn to the Fresenius settlement, quite an interesting uh, settlement um, in which Fresenius Medical, which is the largest supplier of dialysis equipment uh, and services, uh, agreed to pay $231 million to the Justice Department and the SEC to resolve FCPA violations in 17 countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Europe. Uh, Fresenius with the Justice Department entered into a non-prosecution agreement uh, in which it agreed to pay an $87 million payment in a two-year and agreed to the appointment of a two-year corporate monitor. Uh, Fresenius agreed to enhance its compliance program and self-report to the Justice Department in the third year. In the SEC enforcement action, Fresenius agreed to disgorge $147 million in an administrative order and settlement. So according to this settlement papers here, Fresenius paid approximately $30 million in bribes over a 10-year period in a number of countries, including Angola, Benin, Bosnia, Burkina Faso, Cameroon, Chad, China, Gabon, Ivory Coast, Mexico, Morocco, Niger, Saudi Arabia, Senegal, Serbia, Spain, and Turkey. According to the Justice Department, Fresenius earned approximately $140 million from its corrupt payments. Under the FCPA corporate enforcement policy, which is how I always start with sort of an analysis, is looking at the factors under the FCPA corporate enforcement policy, Fresenius received credit for voluntary disclosure because it disclosed it in a timely fashion. Partial credit for its cooperation uh, because it conducted a a thorough internal investigation. It made regular... factual presentations to the Justice Department, provided facts learned during witness interviews, produced documents in compliance with foreign data privacy laws, translated key documents, and disclosed uh, conduct outside the scope of its initial voluntary self-disclosure. However, where Fresenius fell short was they did not receive full cooperation credit because It did not timely respond to requests by DOJ and, at times, did not provide fulsome responses to requests for information. Fresenius also implemented uh, remedial measures, including removal of at least 10 employees who were involved in the misconduct or failed to detect the misconduct, uh, enhancing its compliance program controls and uh, anti-corruption compliance uh, training. It terminated business relationships with third-party agents and distributors who participated in misconduct, adopted heightened controls on the selection and use of third parties. It withdrew from consideration of pending public contracts potentially related to misconduct. The Justice Department noted, however, that some misconduct continued to occur until 2016 and that, uh, therefore, an appointment of a monitor for a two-year period was appropriate. So after considering all of these factors, the Justice uh, Department did not find that Fresenius was entitled to a declination. Instead, they entered into a non-prosecution agreement and agreed to a 40% discount from the bottom of the U.S. uh, sentencing guideline range and gave credit to Fresenius uh, for its agreement to pay the SEC $147 million in disgorgement. So in its settlement, the SEC noted that despite red flags of corruption, uh, Fresenius, quote, devoted insufficient resources to compliance, close quote. Uh, In a number of high-risk countries, Fresenius failed to train employees or perform any due diligence of third-party agents. Um, The SEC noted that senior managers directed employees to destroy Resources, documents of certain uh, transactions to try to hide corrupt conduct in response to the uh, internal investigation. So, Fresenius, when you take a step back, uh, they ca- they came close to earning a declination, but unfortunately, their effort fell short. But it did come close. And remember, Fresenius operates more than 3700 dialysis clinics worldwide and has 37 production sites in various countries so its relationship with uh, third party agents and distributors uh, created significant risks this is no surprise in the medical uh, cert- uh, the pharma and medical device industries and the and provider industry these relationships in a number of high risk countries were used to funnel bribery payments At its core, DOJ noted that, again, Fresenius' compliance resources were insufficient, especially in light of its risks and, in particular, its third-party risks. The statement of facts accompanying the settlement documents actually reflect comprehensive bribery schemes in a number of countries, and we're going to take some time here and go into detail in in some of these. Um, So uh, the conduct... uh, basically occurred between 2007 and 2016, uh, in which uh, money was, bribes were paid to procure business throughout its operations, including in Saudi Arabia, Angola, and eight countries in the West African region. Further, in uh, Fresenius' operations in these countries, as well as Turkey, Spain, China, Serbia, Bosnia, and Mexico, payments were not accurately reflected in their books and records. FMC also failed to have uh, sufficient internal accounting controls in place, which contributed to the misconduct and allowed it to continue for many years across the multiple continents. In connection with the misconduct described in Saudi Arabia, West Africa, and Angola, FMC, or Fresenius employees and agents, utilized, uh, and this is how they got the jurisdictional hook, the means and instrumentalities of U.S. interstate commerce, uh, including the use of internet-based email accounts that were hosted by numerous ser- service providers located in the United States. Uh, again, the company benefited by over $135 million as a result of the improper payments. So uh, there also were situations where Fresenius failed to address numerous red flags. This includes Um, employees making improper payments through a variety of schemes, including using sham consulting contracts, falsifying documents, and funneling bribes through a system of third-party intermediaries. Uh, They also uh, did not assess properly and manage their risks, its worldwide risks, and they devoted, again, over and over, it's pointed out, insufficient resources to compliance. Um, In many instances, senior management actively thwarted compliance efforts, personally engaging in corruption schemes and directing employees to destroy records of the misconduct, and uh, the misconduct uh, continued for years in many of these countries. Let's start first and take a look at Angola. Uh, Fresenius made bribery payments to an Angolan military officer and government-employed nephrologists, uh, they awarded government physicians and health officials shares or equity in a local Angolan joint venture, which was subject to approval by Fresenius's, uh, uh management company in Germany. Um, but, uh, and when they did approve it, the materials that were presented to the management company uh, board or the management board failed to include specific information about the joint venture shares as to who owned it, who the beneficial owners were. Zenius contracted specifically with the sons of uh, the military officer for warehousing space that it never used, and it entered into consulting agreements with doctors for which no services were ever performed. So in 2008, uh, port, uh, FMC, and I'm going to use FMC to refer to... Um, Fresenius Medical. Uh, FMC Portugal began selling products into Angola through an Angolan reseller, which was partly owned by the military official, like we said. Further, FMC did not adequately train its FMC employees uh, uh, in Portugal about their dealings with government officials until late 2012. As a result, from 2008 to 2010, bribes were paid in the form of 20% commissions to the military official through the Angolan uh, reseller. In 2008, um, uh, or by 2010, Um, FMC's relationship with its reseller became fractured. In June 2010, FMC Portugal orchestrated a scheme by which it provided the 35% stake in FMC Angola to prominent Angolan nephrologists, including the military official, as well as Angolan doctors. Uh, In particular, uh, Angolan Dr. A, who was not named, is a key nephrologist at several Angolan public hospitals that were state-owned entities. In April 2011, FMC granted a a power of attorney to execute the share transferred, which was signed by FMC's senior legal and compliance officer and an FMC board of management member. In January 2012, the shares were transferred to the Angolan officials without their having paid anything in exchange and without any due diligence conducted on the transaction. FMC Angola also entered into a business relationship with the uh, Angolan distributor, uh, which was owned equally by the sons of the military officer. First, FMC Angola paid the Angolan distributor $559,972 for temporary storage services without a contract, Or actual services performed. They also entered into a contract with the Angolan distributor for the provision of logistics services, where the Angolan distributor was to provide warehousing storage for $77,300 per month, which it received and was paid despite never providing any warehousing. FMC Angola, in fact, already had a lease agreement with another warehouse for the same services at a cost three times less than the cost charged by the Angolan distributor. In June 2012, a draft internal audit report identified that in Angola, overall controls are not functioning as intended. That's in quotes, and flagged the Angolan distributor temporary storage arrangement as a problem since, one, the owner of the company was a shareholder of FMC Angola, and two, there was a total lack of written documentation relating to the services. FMC Legal and Compliance issued a directive in October 2012 freezing all payments to Angolan uh, to the Angolan distributor. Despite the directive, FMC Angola continued to accrue an additional $878,000 on its books for storage services never rendered, but ultimately was prevented from making the payment. During the freeze period... Uh, In addition to the temporary storage contract with Angolan Distributor, FMC made Angolan Distributor its exclusive distributor in Angola of certain products and gave Angolan Distributor one of FMC's largest clients as a customer. The distributor arrangement thereby created a significant margin, approximately 60% of sales that was provided to the government officials on over 433,000 in sales. FMC's senior managers, both in Portugal and at the parent level, failed to take any timely steps to put a stop to the numerous conflicts raised by the Angolan uh, distributor relationship. FMC Portugal misled FMC's internal audit team when they tried to determine if additional relationships with the Angolan distributor existed. Only upon being instructed in July 2013 to, quote, please freeze the contract, close quote, did a senior FMC Portugal manager report that the Angolan distributor had been made a distributor for certain sales without any written contract. Despite this new information, it took until November 2013 for an FMC legal and compliance team to review the relationship with uh, the military officer and the other minority shareholders, including examining the applicability and justification of dividends for shareholders who have not uh, paid for their interest in the company yet. So FMC legal and compliance ultimately concluded in December 2013 that these facts raised, quote, a serious issue under our company's government uh, procedures and a problematic behavior. It cannot be questioned that a clear management board directive, close quote, was not followed. So during this entire time, FMC Angola also made payments to other minority shareholders, including Angolan Doctor A and Doctor B, both government officials, by entering into consulting contracts with each doctor. Under the contracts, Angolan Doctor A was paid seventy five hundred per month, while Angolan Doctor B was paid three thousand one hundred and forty monthly. Angolan Dr. A. discussed his consultancy payments with FMC using his personal internet-based email account. So pursuant to these contracts and other salary payments, the doctors received a total of approximately $400,000 from FMC. There was no review of the contracts, no apparent due diligence for conflicts of interest, and no documentation Of services. Overall, FMC benefited by over $10 million as a result of the corruption schemes in Angola. Let's go now to uh, Saudi Arabia. And in Saudi Arabia, Presenius bribed health officials and doctors with cash payments, used fake check cashing commission arrangements with its employees to fund bribery slush funds made false payments to a government charity, and gave gifts and made payments to physicians for travel with no business or educational justification. From 2007 to 2012, FMC's uh, wholly consolidated distributor, Saudi Advanced Renal Systems, SRS, paid over $4.9 million in improper payments to publicly employed doctors, government officials, and others in Saudi Arabia to obtain or retain business. FMC knew of the high risks in the business, but failed to ensure that sufficient internal accounting controls were in place. FMC also failed to assign a compliance officer to the region, which is an important fact and one that should be noted that uh, the government cited the absence of a compliance officer in the Saudi region. In 2009 and early 2011, senior officials at FMC's German headquarters received reports from a senior SRS finance officer that the SRS general manager submitted false invoices and that there was a practice of making improper marketing and travel expenditures without proper documentation. The conduct continued, and by December 2011, the SRS finance officer elevated his complaints to the FMC controller and the head of internal audit. The conduct continued until late 2012 when remedial action was first initiated and the general, man- and the general manager was terminated in 2013. Overall, FMC benefited uh, by over $40 million as a result of the corruption schemes in, in Saudi Arabia. So payments were made to both private and public healthcare care uh, professionals or doctors, other government officials, and high-ranking officials at a Saudi technical organization that was acting in an official capacity for or on behalf of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia when it reviewed and approved dialysis products for use in tenders. Uh, and so between 2007 and 2012, SRS generated approximately 1.77 million through a check writing scheme. Uh, checks were written to SRS employees who cashed the checks and handed the cash back to the SRS general manager. SRS employees sometimes stored bags of cash in a safe without proper documentation. The transactions were falsely recorded as project marketing expenses and collection commissions in SRS's books and records, which FMC consolidated into the overall report its overall financial report to the uh, SEC. In addition to false descriptions, the transactions lacked appropriate support for the accounting entries. A variety of other questionable schemes included uh, that I mentioned, sham consulting agreements, payments to third-party agents in which doctors uh, have beneficial interests, and improper travel and entertainment and gifts to doctors. Now let's go from Saudi Arabia, let's travel to Morocco, Uh, and in Morocco, Fresenius bribed a government official in exchange for contracts to develop kidney dialysis centers at state-owned military hospitals. Fresenius paid the official 10% of the value of the contracts and a sham bonus to an employee that was ultimately passed back to that official. So from 2006 to 2010, an FMC senior officer and FMC sales manager in Germany engaged in a scheme to pay bribes to a Moroccan official, the chief nephrologist at two state-owned military hospitals, in order to obtain contracts. They entered into a sham marketing agreement with the Moroccan official to pay him the 10% commission as a contract with a military hospital, with half to be paid in 2007 and afterwards 12.5% annually. They also agreed to pay him bribes on future projects in Morocco, including Rabat Military Hospital. So in order to get $123,000 in cash for the Moroccan official, FMC devised the scheme in which they paid a fake bonus to a West African manager who had a German bank account. The senior FMC Germany managers assisted then in backdating the fake bonus payment and amending the West African manager's employment contract. The West African manager then traveled to Germany with the brother of of the Moroccan official to retrieve the cash from his German bank, which he then gave to the brother for the Moroccan official. So numerous red flags were overlooked in connection with this bonus payment, including that the bonus payment order and contract amendment were clearly backdated and didn't have any relevance uh, to the Moroccan uh, business. Less than one month later, in February 2007, FMC Morocco and the uh, Agadir uh, Military Hospital entered into a contract to build and provide products for a dialysis center. So from 2008 through March 2012, FMC paid the Moroccan official an additional $111,000 that was also funneled through fake uh, bonus payments to another FMC manager. All the bribe payments were falsely recorded as commission payments. In April 2012, FMC received a whistleblower email raising various allegations about payments to government officials in Morocco. In May 2013, FMC received an anonymous complaint about improper payments related to military hospitals located in Agadir and Rabat. Despite the 2012 allegations and a subsequent email received in July 2013, FMC did not initiate an investigation until January 2014, almost eight months later. After receiving preservation notices in January 2014, some FMC managers then destroyed records and deleted files from the computers. Overall, FMC benefited by over $3 million as a result of the corruption schemes in Morocco. Okay, let's turn to Spain. In Spain, uh, Fresenius paid a government physician $90,000 for consulting services without an agreement or contract. The payment was made to the physician at a state-owned hospital that awarded Fresenius a tender. Fresenius also paid for other doctors in Spain to travel to medical conferences and made donations to fund projects for the doctors. In Turkey, between 2005 and 2014, FMC Turkey entered into four separate joint ventures with publicly employed doctors in exchange for those doctors directing business from their public employer to FMC clinics. The doctors did not provide any capital in exchange for their shares. In some cases, doctor's shares were held in the names of other individuals. Fresenius, for example, uh, gave a doctor a 35% interest in a joint venture, which was worth $74,000 at the time, and subsequently purchased the shares from the physician, resulting in a $356,000 profit for the doctor. In China... Uh, from 2007 to 2014, FMC China's clinic business, Nephrocare, planned and implemented incentive programs in which bonus payments were provided to publicly employed healthcare professionals with which or with whom FMC China had supply agreements. The amounts of the payments were based in part on the number of treatments provided and or number of new patients treated and were taken into consideration in the clinic's financial models. Certain emails between FMC China personnel suggest that the purpose of the bonus payments were to influence clinic procurement decisions. Serbia and Bosnia, from 2007 to 2014, four doctors were paid over $329,000 by FMC while serving on the Serbian uh, Health Fund uh, Commission or other public tender commissions while FMC sought business from those same public commissions. FMC also paid for side trips, extra-day accommodations for publicly employed doctors in connection with travel to medical conferences. For example, in 2008, FMC paid $393,000 for travel and accommodations for those same four dual-employed doctors and their spouses to include a to attend a conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which included non-business side trips to New York City and Cancun, Mexico. Doctors were also provided with uh, gifts such as laptops and GPS devices. Well, that's just a summary of some of the highlights, really, of the Fresenius Medical Enforcement Action and some of the conduct that was going on. Uh, you know I also like to look at sort of lessons learned from each of these uh, enforcement actions and uh, there are a couple I think significant um, important lessons learned here first the FCPA corporate enforcement policy is clearly um, embedded becoming more uh, support it's supported more and it provides what I think is becoming the Careful sort of expectations of of a framework uh, designed to encourage voluntary disclosures and uh, to guide sort of FCPA enforcement. Remember that FCPA er uh, that Fresenius earned a non non prosecution agreement and was not required to enter into a deferred prosecution agreement, but they did not also get. Uh, a, um, a declination, which would a declination would be nothing except uh, nothing would be done except disgorgement. And uh, they did not earn that. They had to enter into a non-prosecution agreement, which puts them uh, potentially in, uh, in a supervisory type of role uh, by uh, an independent compliance monitor who could obviously report any subsequent um, misconduct. Given, uh, though, the geographic breadth and sort of just the examples that you've heard about that I just went through, and the extent of the bribery, you know, in my view, a $231 million settlement was a, was a good result for Fresenius. Um, and uh, and uh, it could have been a lot worse, given the nature and extent of the conduct and, and the time within which that it occurred as well. It was over a long period of time. But there are a couple of uh, let me go over a couple of the other sort of important lessons learned I mean by that's sort of the context that we 're operating in um, the frequent recognition of the inadequacy of compliance resources so as the largest dialysis company and service provider, Frezenius faced enormous risks, especially in its reliance on third parties and the large number of interactions with government physicians um, both DOJ and the SEC underscored a critical weakness in its compliance program, the lack of resources in relation to Fresenius' risk profile. This is an important reminder, especially for pharmaceutical and medical device companies operating on a global scale, that you have to really look at your risks and make sure that you align the proper amount of resources to address those risks. In particular, remember they noted in Saudi Arabia, the absence of a local compliance officer or a compliance officer in the region was a significant um, factor in their sort of calculation. Now, with regard to third-party risk, uh, I mean, this is just a, a textbook example of all of the types of risks uh, that we face, uh, that everybody faces when operating in a global market. Uh, global economy. Throughout the statement of facts, there are instances where third parties facilitated and engaged in bribery. Um, Adding to the complications was the fact that Fresenius managed its operations, for example, in a number of the West African countries from a remote location. First, it was headquarters, and then it was later Morocco. This geographic separation, I think, made it really difficult for any compliance team to manage risks in these remote locations. The factual presentation contains a laundry list of common third-party bribery schemes, equity interests given to foreign officials, uh, consulting contracts for non-existent services, payments to sham charitable organization, and payments to attend uh, medical conferences. In two specific cases, bribery payments were funded through uh, something that I haven't seen before, uh, check cashing transactions involving employees. And uh, the sharing of commission payments for collection of outstanding bills that was uh, we didn't go into detail into that second one. These two mechanisms though were unusual to say the least, but are more but are important reminders on the effort parties may expend to carry out uh, bribery schemes. Uh, one other point. Uh, In many of the countries where Fresenius had clear indications of bribery, Fresenius managers failed to act, to take steps to investigate bribery allegations. If Fresenius had invested in a speak-up culture, which emphasized proactive investigation and intervention, the extent of its problems may have been reduced. Instead, Fresenius suffered from a culture that allowed allegations of misconduct to crop up without proper uh, responsive actions. In many countries, when internal investigations were initiated, managers and employees destroyed documents. Such actions, in my view, reflect an inadequate preservation hold procedure and any and the absence of a culture of compliance. In most cases, you, you can always recover the documents, uh, especially with current technology and the uh, you know the forensic technology with regard to uh, computers. Um, And such conduct always demonstrates, in my mind, a clear consciousness of guilt. And evidence of document destruction is very probative of that and makes it easier to uncover and confront uh, employees with their misconduct. However, the willingness of presentius managers and employees to engage in such conduct was really surprising considering uh, the seniority of the level of their operation. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, that's, that's all we're going to do on Presenius. Uh, again, uh, appreciate your listening, and we'll be back uh, soon with more topics to cover in the compliance arena. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.bolkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can always contact me at my email address, mbolkoff at bolkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your goals. Oh, oh,